Welcome to the Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast, brought to you by Blue Fletch. We discuss technology topics related to Android and workforce devices and how they intersect with business and mobility. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blue Fletch Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast. Today I'm joined by Richard Makerson and we are going to be talking about buy versus build when it comes to enterprise software, specifically around mobility, which is where we focus on. Um, Richard, I know this is something we've done a lot. We started out this company about 15 years ago, building custom software for iOS, Android, Windows CE. And, you know, there's a lot of lessons we've learned along the way of, of seeing what companies do right, what they do wrong. And then we have a product now that fills some needs around security and single sign-on. And I think that we do have a lot of customers that still look to compare, you know, our tool versus building themselves. So there's some lessons we've, we've found that in there too. But um, for you, when you think about the buy versus build, I know we came up with five topics, but um, is there something that really like a great example of where you've seen this go wrong in the past with, with, with uh, you know, partners or companies we work with? Yes. And it it's usually around um, a big RFP process, especially when you have big other um, consulting companies around. Um, there are clients we've worked for where we've delivered custom solutions that have been tailored for them, delivered on time, on budget, and they're exactly what they've wanted. Um, and then you get into an RFP with a new team, and now you have an Accenture or Deloitte or an IBM in there, and they're saying, well, you know, we can customize this thing that's off the shelf or bring in this thing that's off the shelf and it's highly configurable, and, you know, we're this big company and you can trust us. And, um, you know, they just didn't have the experience of, you know, being on the ground, understanding those systems and knowing that um, although it sounds great and looks great on paper, it's actually going to be very tough to implement. Yeah, so I think the the first point we we called out was it sort of falls along that line, which is around customization. Mm-hmm. And when you consider buy versus build, you know the the first you know, piece of customization. The thing I always think about is SAP. It's a you know, million dollars to buy, and then you buy it, and then you give it to your IT group. The IT group has to go spend two million to actually customize it. Yep. And at that point in time, you're like, well, it might have been better, but nothing against SAP. I love SAP. It's got a lot of great tools, um, but also some companies don't necessarily use it the way it was built because they have other processes. So when you think about customization, what are factors you think about for you know, how much to customize versus when it's just better to go build from scratch? Yeah, so you want to try to draw this virtual line in the sand around how are you going to support it long term? So am I customizing it so much that any future updates – um, if they change the product or maybe SAP might acquire um, some new company and um, integrate it, you know, how long is it going to take me to, to um, bring in that integration? So like that, that's probably where my mind starts to go. And then understanding my team. So what type of resources do I have internally? Do I have a team that could build something from scratch? Could my team support something long term? Meaning that I just need an outside firm like Blue Fletch to come in, be the catalyst. But uh, my team can own and drive things long term, but I have a partner who can help me uh, along the way. So it's just really a a balancing act, thinking about just the long term impact, not just a short term, um, you know, exactly how much it's going to cost, because that's not necessarily um, apples to apples all the time. Yeah, it's it's a good point. And the other thing I think about customization too, certain apps or services are designed specifically for customization. I think you mm-hmm. mentioned Twilio as one we're a big fan of, and they do a great job. And there's other 
other things I've seen out there where the client will buy it and say, we want to customize this. And we look at it, it has no APIs. You have to work with their dev team to actually get them to open up APIs, which is, you know, it's a long and arduous process to get somebody else to change their core product for you. And in those situations, I feel like that would be you know, better. What, what are the things, in, in addition to Twilio, are the other things you can think of that you like that have really good API services? I'm sure I could, I could name a, a ton. I know a lot of like the bigger cloud companies, as they acquire or as they grow and add more services, you know, all of those, um, when you think about um, what Google has done over the years, uh, Azure, with and some of the other big cloud providers, um, you know, everything's API based. They're meant to be the foundation. They're not necessarily meant to be the core product. Yeah, I feel like Salesforce did a good job of that. Even yeah, even, even SAP has done a good job of building APIs around a lot of their pieces in the last couple of years. Absolutely, Salesforce would be a really good call out there. Yeah, um, number two on our list of considerations for buy versus build was time to market. Mm-hmm. Like w- when you think of the trade offs of time to market, I know a lot of the stuff just goes back. I think you talked about the price, and we'll get back to that later, but. When you think of time to market, how do you think about framing that when you're having a client or a customer that's looking at building versus buying? Yep. You want to uh, think about the constraints around time to market. Is it um, just around a business case, meaning that uh, I need to hit a holiday season or uh, a certain time of year? Uh, is it regulatory? Uh, there's a lot of customers that we work with that are trying to meet uh, um, laws or um, constraints Um put on them? Or is it just meeting a internal goal, meaning that the whole company is now moving from one big product to another? And so, you know, time to market is making sure that, you know, we're not the cog in this big wheel that's trying to move the whole company in a, a certain direction. And so I think all of those have um, like different aspects and different things you can get away with, uh, meaning that if it's regulatory, maybe it's okay to start out with something that's off the shelf, Let's check the checkbox, but we can always go back and revisit because, you know, we don't want to deal with any regulatory um, agency either shutting us down or fining us. Um, If it's a business case, um, you know, maybe you want to be stealthy. So maybe spending the extra money is worth it because the upside is so much bigger. And, you know, being able to release something and knowing that it's yours, it's proprietary to you, it's, it's a business advantage to have that. And then, you know, you know, trying to be not trying to be the cog and a big wheel as far as an organizational change. Um, you know, there's there's ebbs and flows. You know, sometimes you could get away with spending a little bit more time because uh, you can find time in other areas. Usually there are very long multi-phase rollouts and, you know, depending on how things are moving, you can you can move things around. So it just really uh, depends on um the problem that you're trying to solve and the constraints around that problem. Yeah, I think you you sort of alluded to this. The other thing too, I always think about is POCs, like getting getting something out to a small group, especially with everything going to consumption based licensing, where you, you pay for how many users you're on it. So you can actually pilot a piece of software at a w- set of warehouses or a set of stores without having to go build something. And then you can actually learn from that if you want to go build it. And that's for me in the POC mindset, it really makes sense to look at some of these off the shelf products. Yep. We got one customer now that we are trying to convince of that fact, right? They're trying to have a a pretty big transformational uh, change across the organization. And we're trying to convince them that, you know, you already have the tools needed to test some of these ideas. And before 
you, you know, buy or make this very large investment or this decision that's going to, you know, send you down this uh, rabbit hole, let, you know, POC it, let's test, let's see what works, what, what doesn't work. Let's get some feedback because that may change or sway the, the bigger transformational decision. Yeah. Because learning's out there. Um, you mentioned this word earlier, but, but support was number three on our list. So the support and maintenance is, yeah, there's a lot of factors involved there. And I think what you alluded to earlier was, do you have to stand up a team internally to go, you know, if you have bugs or issues, go fix that. What does that actually cost? And, it, and it, all these really go back to the the business case. But for you, when you think about the trade-offs of supporting it internally versus having another company support it, what are the things that come to mind there? Yep. So uh, for me, it's how close is it to uh, your core business, right? So early on, um, you know, with our product, there are a few customers that have, you know, um, bespoke versions of the launcher. And at the time, it was probably best to breed, best to market. And, you know, that organization, you know, either because of culture or decision, it's like we're going to own this long term. And, you know, it's it's not necessarily core to their business. It's core for their business, but not core to their business. So some of the updates or some of the thoughts or some of the learnings that a team that would have done this day in and day out would have put back into that product or put back into that solution is not there. And so when you get behind the eight ball, you're going to stay behind that until you invest um, to, to catch up. And so, uh, you know, that's that's big to me. And so if you're going to have to have a team that has to um, you know, grow as far as their capabilities specifically to support this, and it's not necessarily core to your business, it's not what's setting you apart in the marketplace. You know, maybe it's a thought of, you know, are there tools out there or there companies out there where that's their entire focus, where we can continuously be best of breed. We can keep up with the Android updates. Um, we have we're having issues or we're having, um, you know, product ideas. We can have a conversation um, with with that company. That that's the biggest thing there for me. And the other piece is, you know, if I if we do build this. And it's great. And I have the team here. You know, will those resources, will that that knowledge stay around? You know, what is that going to cost me long term? The, the one guy that knows how it's built. Right. <laughs> it's going to stay here, um, you know, f- forever to make sure that, you know, if we have any issues with with it, that it can be uh, fixed efficiently. And it's not going to take down um, a core part or all of my business until we got, you know, through that um, problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the. The moving forward is another expensive thing. You mentioned the Android versions. I know Google has changed a lot in the last six years and we're, our team is constantly making updates and patches on our stuff. We have some clients that decided to build their own and they can't move to Android 11 or Android 13 just because like scope storage broke everything the way they built it. So mm-hmm. certain things like that, definitely there could be a, a big piece you got to pay for down the road. Um, you, you touched a little bit on, on core to the business. Our, our number four was intellectual property. Um, and this is one of these where it's, I think you and I talked about the Uber example, you know, what does Uber actually build versus what do they buy? Yep. Um, what are your thoughts around intellectual property and what makes sense to actually go have IP around versus getting something off the shelf? Yeah. Uh, a, co- a company like Uber, um, you know, it was very disruptive. They had something, it was new, it was different and IP was going to be important for them just because, you know, in the marketplace and probably, probably because part of their business strategy was around, you know, we're going to be, um, attack, 
you know, from a legal perspective, either from other cab companies, municipalities. So we need to be able to protect ourselves uh, now, not only in court and in the marketplace, um, but for, you know, most of our customers, the technology um, is around, you know, their their business process. So it's more of um, a, a tra- I guess trade secret uh, would be the right term versus, you know, a piece of IP or technology that's um, only focused to them. And so I, I think when, you know, our customers who have more of an open mind and understand that make those build versus buy decisions a, a little bit better because they understand that, um, you know, one, you know, we can POC this, we can test a little bit. Um, two, we don't have to think that we're the only people in the world having these thoughts and these conversations at this point in time. And, and three, if, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be disrupting a whole, um, business category or segment. I'm just wanting to differentiate or take more market share. Then there's, you know, a balance to be struck. So, um, you know, there are customers that we have where maybe the inverse is something that they're thinking about, right? Where I have a big SAP or maybe a warehouse management system or um, a, dip, um, a mobile managed um, MDM that that we're rolling out and now we want to build our own. And so now we're taking the lessons that we've um, have learned from using this product for 5, 10, 15, 20 years to, to build our own. Uh, what is that going to mean for you know, the marketplace or my relationship with those vendors. I do love when I go into companies and they have a, a WMS they custom built 25 years ago. Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> like it's still running the business. Yeah. But yeah. The, the, the big downside there is that, yeah, the, the extensibility around like APIs, when you go with an off the shelf solution, you do, like you said earlier, start getting some of those APIs and other things that are out there. But yeah. So the, like the theme there is if it's core and there's not like three solutions out there already, potentially look at, at, at building it. But if it's uh what, what is it? If it's a, if it's, if you're looking to build QuickBooks, just buy QuickBooks. Just buy QuickBooks. Right. <laughs> if you need workday, just get workday. You don't necessarily need to be build an HR system or CRM or, you know, something that, uh, it's not necessarily core to your business. Yeah. There's, there's 10 options out there. You probably shouldn't go build it. It's not going to be your, your own intellectual property. And in the last one, which we've, we've touched on, it probably touches all the other four areas we, we covered, but number five was cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, there's so many factors involved, you know, around the productivity, value, maintenance, support. If you had to like prioritize cost and like how you do the business analysis, what are the, the key factors? You had to pick three or four key factors for cost as you look at buy versus build. Yeah. Cost for, for me is lower on the totem pole. Although I know when making the decision, it's usually the big flashy thing that people pay the most attention to that. Um, it feels like leadership would be the first thing they pick apart, but you know, oftentimes it could, um, it can present false positives, right? There are a number of opportunities that we've, you know, rightfully lost because we we just cost too much initially. And um, if I had, you know, a nickel for every time, you know, somebody in leadership of that company, you know, came back to me a year or two years after those decisions and said, you know what, we should have went with you, or this project was a nightmare, or you know, you guys were right, we, you know, just made a bad decision. 
Uh, it's usually because cost is at the f- forefront of that decision. And especially when we're talking about the initial cost, um, there are very few customers that we've worked with that do a really good job of taking a step back and saying, okay, this is the initial cost, but what's the day two cost? And then what does this look like four or five years from now? And um, letting that help them lead the decision. But, you know, you know, to build it from scratch is, you know, almost 10 out of 10, nine out of 10 times more expensive to get anything off the shelf. Um, but then when you customize things, uh, that's, a, that's a rabbit hole that could go, you know, out of control. Like your example around SAP, you know, maybe cost a million dollars, but could be two or $3 million to customize. And then for every version that comes out, you got to update those customizations. And so bring the consultants back. Yeah. And so, you know, it's two or 3 million, every version you want to go up. And sometimes it gets even more expensive versus, okay, um, we're going to have something that's highly highly customized to our existing business processes um, in our organization that, you know, we're going to think about support upfront, you know, who's going to support it. Is it going to be our team long-term do we have those resources? Do we need to hire those resources? Do we keep a company like Blue Fletch or um, any other companies on long term? What are those costs? Um, you know, factoring in time of market, right? Like, what are our constraints? You know, do we have any? Do we not have any? And 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 then making a decision. Um, but I, I would say that the chasm or gap between. Um, you know, building something custom and taking something either off the shelf or customizing something off the shelf is closing. I don't think it will never necessarily come together, um, but the tools are getting better. Uh, the, the patterns, your ability to um, scaffold projects um, are, be, are becoming a lot better. And if you're an organization that has a history of, of doing POCs, of being able to iterate, you're also able to use um, those tools to help close the gap as far as, um, you know, time to market or at least closing that cost gasm between buy versus build. So, so with cost, I guess the big thing is, and I think you said this in there, but the, the value is different than price. Yes. Um, is a really good way to look at it. And I think that when you say the five years, think about something as a five-year investment as opposed to what is it going to cost us this quarter? And I know for a lot of public companies, it's definitely hard because they're looking at, you know, what is my numbers this quarter or what's my number, you know, the next next four quarters as opposed to, um, you know, 48, 60 quarters from now, which seems like a long time um, or 60 months. Um, so in in summary, I'll, I'll cover these. So the, the first one was customization. Um, I think the key points you talked about there is like understanding you know, can you get something off the shelf that you don't have to spend a lot of time customizing or allows for that? Definitely consider the cost of customizations if a, a, a product doesn't have the APIs, things you need. Number two was time to market. And this is really the, you know, if I need it for either regulatory or I need to um, you know, get it out there to increase productivity right now, um, look at the buy things off the shelf. You can always like buy something, especially with cloud software, buy it, POC it, understand how it works, and then build your own later on once you have a better understanding. Number three was support and maintenance. So really understand, this really goes back to that long-term value, a five-year or longer case study. Understand how long it's going to cost you to support something either that's uh, that you're building custom versus you know buying something that's um, a off-the-shelf piece. Um, intellectual property. Uh, don't don't rebuild QuickBooks uh, or please don't or, or an HR HR system if it's not core to your business. And then the last one is cost, which is really 
you know, think about the business case over a number of years, think about the value and working through that. So um, anything else, any other uh, key, key summary points you missed there? No. And I would just say with these points, um, if you're, you know, a manager, senior manager making this decision, um, like it's okay to push this up, up against your leadership. You know, there's a lot of times where, you know, we're arming, um, you know, our customers to go back to leadership and, you know, push on these points. Um, you know, usually they want to take a directive and run with it. Um, but, you know, in t- today's day and age, you know, speed, time to market, and then having something that's a great experience, um, you know, can be a, a, a big factor in the success of your business. So, um, you know, use these points to, you know, try to make a difference and make an impact. Awesome. Richard, thank you again. Um, and thank you for joining us today for another episode of the Blue Fudge Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast. If you have questions or follow-ups, feel free to uh, reach out to us at info at Blue Fletch. And uh, if you like this, definitely hit the like or subscribe button. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast. If you enjoyed the discussion, please take a few moments to rate us. If you'd like to listen to future episodes, please subscribe. To learn more about mobility topics or submit any questions, visit us at bluefletch.com.